So inside your bulletin, you're going to see the Christmas presentation that's going to uh, be coming forth here in just a couple minutes. But I want to highlight, uh, once again, the candlelight service tonight here at 6 o'clock. So we're going to be showing a documentary on the Christmas star. So we want to encourage you to come out and be a part of that. Um, the candlelight service is always such a beautiful time of coming together as family. And it's just a, a powerful moment when the lights go dark and then the candles begin to illuminate. It's just a beautiful sight. So I want to encourage you to come out and be a part of that with us uh, tonight. And then uh, as a reminder this week, just to let you know, the office is going to be closed starting on the 23rd up until January 3rd. Um, we'll be reopened again. But we've also got on the back table, there are some clipboards with some home group stuff that's going to be kicking off um, in January and February uh, with the Way of the Master. So I want to encourage you to take a look at the information that's back there. We'll have more information to come. But take a look and, and see where the groups are at and where they're going to be starting at and, and consider being a part of that. It's a great time, as Pastor Steve's been sharing to us. Um, uh, and so we want to just kick off this year. We uh, did it last year with a series. I just want to kick off again this year um, of really just getting everybody prepared um, for what's to come. If we're going to see 100 souls saved, right, that's, that's the goal. 100 souls saved this year, um, people who come to know Christ, uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're prepared um, as, as family to do that. So um, no, no uh, groups are also going to be happening um, in that time. So after the first of the year, all the groups that have been taking place, the group that has met here with Pastor Linda and stuff is all going to be um, on Christmas vacation um, and enjoying time with family. So um, stay tuned for that uh, inside the bulletin or on the, or on the back of the bulletin, you can continue to stay connected to the church website. Um, so if you have questions or anything like that, I know a lot of people like to give through online giving. That's a way to do it as well as you can text in for that too. So with that, I'm going to ask um, Teresa if uh, she'll come. We're going to go ahead and pick up the plates. And then are you guys ready for a nice special presentation? Well, we want to say Merry Christmas. If you're wondering where Pastor Steve is, he is not absent. He is on the drums. So he's pulling double duty this morning. So, um, so sit back and uh, prepare to enjoy this wonderful time. Teresa.
coming here the Christian story. It is native to natives and takes a cross over a Christmas tree. It is a story of how God became flesh and Christ changed history. Deity didn't descend as royalty, but was born in a barn like a poor man's donkey. Gave up the throne of heaven for the livestock's lunch tray. Traded the worship of heavenly cherubim for shepherd's earthly praise. This is the incarnation celebration, a story of defeat, poverty, and degradation. A tale that lacks the trappings of our holiday's glorification, an anecdote of murder, homelessness, and subjugation. The legacy of Jesus doesn't fit in a gift box. He hung up on a tree while we hung up our gift socks. Sat in a trough as we sit in the lap of Santa Claus. Come and hear the Christmas story. Man needed God, so God made an outpouring. Poured eternity into the earthly, became a spotless lamb by living perfectly. Humanity was unholy, and had holy earned in holy wrath. So they slaughtered ox and burdened up calves to bear the justice of their aftermath. But God was not satisfied by that. His unconditional forgiveness required an unconventional path. He was not an angry God that needed to be appeased. He was a righteous God who longed to save you and save me. So he himself came and the sacrificial lamb he would be. This is the Christian story, a tradition untold by all other religions, that God hears our prayers and became flesh to listen. It is the start of why we are called Christians. Let us celebrate when God came to marry his bride. Let us say, Merry Christmas.
this Christianity thing is a real rags to riches story. It's like Cinderella going from ashes to ball gown, from servant to princess. It's like David going from shepherd to king, like Gideon transformed from coward to warrior. It's like Annie the orphan becoming Annie Warbuck, like Luke discovering the heritage of the fourth, or like Rapunzel finding out she's a lost princess. There's something that happens with us, in us, for us, when we start this life, this abundant life that God has given us. In the beginning, the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was God in the beginning. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, the true light that gives light to everyone that came into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that's the rags to riches story. Those of us who were outcasts are invited in. Those who are enemies were made families. Those who are orphans are made sons. Heirs with Christ, co-heirs with the Savior. It's a real rags to riches story that all began with the riches to rags twist. When God himself came down, when God himself took on flesh and dwelt with us, all hail the incarnate deity, the deity in form as us. So we stand here at Christmas time and we worship God because the king took on flesh and became lowly so that we who are broken could become holy, so that we who are alone could become wholly known, known by God and so that we could know him and so come to him. All who are broken, all who are lost, all who are alone, all who are worried, all who are orphans, come to him and hear him whisper your new name. Hear him invite you into his family. Hear him invite you into his family as God himself says, you are my new child. Now go and tell the world. i
Are you listening? Are you keeping watch? Are your eyes opened? Or is your heart jaded by what you thought? Who you've thought him to be? What you thought he should do? He did not come as expected. So why are you expecting him to? A righteous king born by a trough. The humblest of humbles taking our spot. What the world couldn't see, creation saw coming. For it knows the creator's voice and doesn't treat it like background noise. It understood what happened that night. Creation worshiped just at the sight of a savior brought into the world by just a man and just a girl. It was unexpected, uncomfortable, and divine, all at the same time. Rejected before he was even born, destined to bear all kinds of scorn, but he still came. He died to give us his name, so we may be set free from eternal flame. He did the unexpected thing to do, forgave us all, for we know not what we do. We think we do, but we're not even close. We think it's okay to disregard what he cherishes the most, life. Oh Lord, come, forgive us and make us right. For we have done what is wicked in your sight. Cleanse our hearts and make us whole, and we will be. Oh Lord, come and set us free. Free us from ourselves and from who we think you should be. We will not be like the Pharisees of that day who were too in love with themselves to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah and that his kingdom is here to stay. They feared losing control at the expense of their eternal souls. They had decided for themselves who God should be, put him in a box and threw away the key refused to let the king of kings speak as if they had the choice who are we to direct the god who gave us our very own voice but yet people still do failing to see the damage that is bound to break through do you truly know the god you serve do you understand the price he paid he served our sentence and he paid our fine and I know now that this life, it is not mine. It is his. It is only his. So I will ask once more, do you know the God that you are living for? For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So I will ask again, are you listening? Are you keeping watch? Are your eyes opened? Are your knees surrendered at the cross? He is more than you've ever thought him to be. And there's no end to the love that he wants you to receive. So quit running, child, and just be. And let the arms of your father wrap you under his wings.
It's not on power. <laughs> Just a couple of things going on this morning. We've been preaching through and teaching through the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And last week we were going through the, the letter to the church of Thyatira. And there's a very bold statement that the Lord said. When you go in, when you're reading Revelation, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of, of what Jesus wants us to see and who he is. And he goes through the churches and gives report card, basically. He says, there's, there's these things that you're doing well. I see these things, and they're, they're really good. And, and to a handful of the churches, he says, but. And into the church of Thyatira, he says, but you tolerate that woman Jezebel. And we looked last week, when, when you go in and see, okay, well, what is he saying to the church? And what is he saying to us today? There was a woman, Jezebel, and her husband, Ahab, and they were the most wicked kings in, in Israel's time. And it says in, in the book of Kings that it was the, they were the most evil, and she was the most wicked and evil of that day and of the time. And there hasn't been anyone else like that. So it's a very, very dark day. And how does that apply to us today? And how does that apply with Christmas? You're going to see here in a minute. There took a man called Elijah to stand up against Jezebel. Jezebel was mixing and bringing in the, the worshiping of other gods also with worshiping God. And, and Elijah didn't have any part of it. And you'll remember that he called a conference and a showdown, basically, on Mount Carmel. And he brought all those servants of other gods together. And he said, and he told the children of Israel that day, he said, today you need to make a decision. Who are you going to serve? We're going to call on the gods. We're going to call down. If they can bring fire down from heaven, then you serve him. But I'm going to make an altar. And he had to rebuild an altar. The altar had been torn down. We need to rebuild some altars, church. He rebuilt that altar. And he began to pray. And, and he began to taunt the other priests of those other gods. He was very bold. Elijah was a very, very bold prophet. He stood up against 450 other prophets all by himself. And he turned Israel back to God. That's what he did. Now I'm going to tell you a story. It's the beginning of, I'm sorry, it's not in, we're not following my thing right now. Um, uh, John chapter 1. Many, many of you have heard this, but I want you to pay a lot of attention to John the Baptist. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Now God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. I'm going to stop for a second. Tonight you're going to be able to see, if you come to the to candlelight service, a wonderful documentary that will absolutely blow your mind on the Bethlehem star. The, our solar system is, a, is like a clock. Now, God happened, just so happened to ordain and, and set everything into motion when he created that when Jesus came to this earth, planets would align. 
the stars would align. And there would be stars and, and signs in the heavens that the Magi were able to see well in advance and come. Let me tell you something. This wasn't by accident that Jesus came to this earth. It was foreordained. It was planned. It was never, it wasn't like, oh, no, what are we going to do because man sinned? He knew from the beginning. So you're going to be able to see that. That's a light that comes into the world. And, and I want to share something with you. This Christmas is going to be extremely special. Just by chance, in a very dark time, that star is shining, going to shine again tomorrow night. Now, I don't know what to tell you except for when you see what I saw and what you're maybe seeing tonight, you're going to freak out. God's up to something. God's up to something. And I want to tell you and show you, and I'm going to show you what our part is in that. How many wants to know that? If God's up to something, I want to know what's my part. And what are you up to? Well, I'm just going to tell you this. His, he brought a star out and aligned the heavens and his planets and everything to let the world know that he's coming. The first time. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus is coming tomorrow night. I don't know, but he could. He announced his coming by that star. And there's another one coming. I, I believe it's something extremely special, like maybe the outpouring of an anointing and a power that the church has not seen ever before for such a time as this. What's our part in that? I'm glad you asked. That is a wonderful question. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. What are we supposed to be, church? Witnesses to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone. Who? Everyone was coming into the world. Hallelujah. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become, I'll say, sons and daughters of God. And they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Bear with me. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. Church, what's our role? He shouted to the crowds. It reminds me of my old buddy Jonathan. Saying that we we're supposed to shout it from the rooftops because Jesus is coming. Church, I want to tell you what our role is. Our role is to be an Elijah. I, I spoke last week and I prophesied without even knowing what I was saying that, that the Lord was raising up the spirit of Elijah in this day. That many of us, he'd be raising up a lot of Elijahs. You know what, church? He raised up an Elijah before Jesus came to this planet the first time. His word says, and we may look at it, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows where we're going to go today. Um, 
that John the Baptist came, and, and it was prophesied that John came in the spirit and power of Elijah. He was the forerunner, a forerunner of Christ's coming. Amen? Church, what should we be in this dark day? Forerunners of what? His coming to the earth again. The heavens are starting to declare. The signs are here. The day that we're in. Yeah, it's looking like a dark day, but guess what? The sun always comes right before the darkest. As it's getting coldest, the sun will begin to rise. Church, it is our responsibility to be forerunners and proclaim, he's coming. He's coming. And we need to shout it from the rooftops if need be. You need to be bold. God is looking for some Elijahs and some John the Baptists. They, I'm going to skip. The Pharisees and the religious folks came and they asked him, who are you? Verse 22 of, of John 1 says, we need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John wasn't a self-proclaimed prophet. He was a God-ordained prophet. He said, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who'd, had, who'd been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? And John told him, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. Now it goes on, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What do we need to be announcing? The Lamb of God has come to this world, and he's taken away the sin, the guilt, and the shame, and we can be free. Amen? What is the message, church? Repent. That was Elijah's message. Elijah preached, and he called fire down from heaven, and he cleared out the other idols and the other false worshipers and all those other things, and he cleansed Israel, and he said, repent. Turn back to God. John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness saying, repent, repent. And he baptized in water as a symbol of repentance. And he was turning Israel's and attempting to turn Israel's heart back to God so that they would recognize Jesus is coming on the scene. And he even announced it and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Church, he has called us to be little Christ. Christ lives on us. We're supposed to be showing the world what he looks like. We're supposed to be let, being that light that's shining on a dark, dark world. It says, who hides a light? But you put it on a hill so all can see and they know where to go to get shelter and refuge. John testified, he said, I, am, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Church, he's the chosen one of God. There's no other. We're not waiting for another one. 
He has come. He's the chosen one of God. He is the Lamb of God that's taken away the sin of the world, not just your sin. and my, The sin of the world. It's been taken away. So what's left? It's for people to understand that Jesus has done it. He's done it. And they put their faith and their trust in what he has already done. And the Bible says they will be saved. But how will they know if we don't tell them? Turn to Luke. If you haven't guessed, we're going to talk about John the Baptist a little bit today. Now, John's father was a priest, and he was about to go into the temple and make uh, incense sacrifice in the holy place. Not in the holy of holies, but in the holy place. And it was his round. There was all these different priests, and he got drawn. So people were coming, and, and they were looking forward to John coming out and sharing that experience, or his, um, his, his Zachariah's dad. And while he's in there, the angel of the Lord speaks to Zechariah and begins to tell him, like, you're going to have a son. Now, Zechariah is an old man. Him and his wife can't have children. Church, in dark times, there is a really good opportunity for miracles. Come on. There's a lot of miracles happening before Jesus came on the scene. Mary. Now, see, you have an, an old lady who's not able... And then Mary, who's a virgin. Now, both of them have babies. Maybe the Lord wants to start birthing something this year. Amen? So, miracles are happening. And the, the angel pronounces and, and says in, in Luke chapter 1, uh, let's see, verse 12, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Church, don't be afraid. The world is trying to fill you full of fear. Don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. That's what the word says. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. John was to take a Nazarite vow. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Woo! And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. How is he going to do it? He was filled with the Holy Spirit at birth. Now, I don't know about you, but it reminds me of Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What for? I'm glad you asked. To be witnesses, telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Church, you can be baptized empowered with the Holy Spirit, just like John was, for the purpose of being a forerunner, announcing the Savior's coming back to earth. Now this time, see, when Jesus came the first time, he was disrobed of his outer glory. He was 100% God and 100% man, but he disrobed his outer glory. When he comes back the second time, he will be in full glory full glory. Everyone will recognize he is the son of God. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He will be in full glory. Is that Jesus calling? <laughs> you see, he needed that power. The Lord empowered him because he knew he needed it to turn the hearts of Israel back to the Lord. Church, You've been empowered to turn hard hearts, stubborn hearts, sinful hearts back to the Lord. 
Amen? Second thing I want you to see about John. It says, continues on. It says, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. Whew. How many wants that? How many believe you can have the power and spirit of Elijah? You don't sound convinced. I want to tell you, God has empowered you. He has empowered you. And if you haven't been empowered, let me tell you, you can be. He wants to empower you. You have a great mission, just like John the Baptist, a forerunner of Christ. Church, you're a forerunner. That's why you're here. Some people may wonder, I don't know why. Like, why, did, why am I here? Why did, what's my purpose? Your purpose. You don't need to go read, read Purpose Driven Life to figure out your purpose today. Your purpose in this day and time, church, there's not another generation, I believe, coming. It is our time to pronounce the return of Christ. I don't think we'll have five years. And I'm not putting a specific date so you can. I didn't tell you when. I don't think we'll have five years. I believe the Lord is coming soon. It is up to us. It's up to us to pronounce his return. It's up to us. You were put at this time for such a time as this. This is your purpose of all the people that God could have chose to announce his coming again. You've been chosen. You've been called. You've been ordained for such a time as this. You've been empowered or you can be. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. It says he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Amen. Now, coming in the spirit and power of Elijah, Elijah confronted Jezebel. Come on, put on your seatbelts. Gentlemen, it's time to put on your big boots. And ladies, if you got to put on your big girl panties, I suggest you do it. I'm serious. You want to come in the power of Elijah and John the Baptist, and, and I believe God is calling a church for such a time as this to be that. So let's look. What did Elijah and, and John do? Elijah confronted Jezebel. Elijah said, not on my watch. Enough is enough. How long are you going to waver between two opinions? How long are you going to teeter-totter between serving this and serving God and serving this and serving God? He said, you better figure it out. Today's the day. So church, it's time to figure it out and let people know he's coming. It's going to take some boldness. It's going to take some belief. A lot of people don't do it because they don't believe. Do you honestly not believe that the Lord is not coming soon? If you don't believe that, you need, we need to talk after service, and I will spend a couple days with you in my office. I'll show you biblically. It's not my, it's, I'm not just coming up with this. Well, I think I had some spaghetti last night and some pizza and had this weird dream. No. Show you biblically, he is coming. Elijah was a very strange man. So was John. Now, I'm not saying you have to be strange. Some of those that are out on those fringes, they're like, oh, it's my time. No, 
Jesus didn't come like floating in on a magic carpet and he just wasn't like weird. Now, John the Baptist was an odd duck, I'm just going to say. He wore camel hair. He looked like a prophet. He ate wild grasshoppers and honey. And let me tell you, you knew you met somebody when you met John. You're like, I don't know what his name is, but I'll never forget his face. God's calling the church to be that kind of a light. Let's look at Luke. I'm going to turn to Luke. We'll keep reading in Luke. How about that? Praise the Lord. How about that? Goes on through Luke, and just some things I want to highlight. Um, this is all for free, so just hold on to your seat. I still got like 10 minutes, so praise God. The angel told Mary and Elizabeth that nothing is impossible with God. I love that. Zechariah, after he comes to his senses and starts to believe, prophesies. He prophesies. I'm just going to give you a few verses. Um, the Spirit of the Lord comes on him. He's baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he begins to prophesy and says, And you, my little son, in verse 76 of chapter 1, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Hey, we should tell people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Amen? Because of God's tender mercies, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death and guide us to the path of peace. We're supposed to be guides. John grew up, became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Church, there's some of you been out in the wilderness a long time, and you say, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't have a ministry. I don't have an avenue. God's about to bring you out of the wilderness. God's about to bring you out of the wilderness. He's about to put some people in front of you. He's about to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He's about to let you be a mouthpiece and guide and show people how to find him. Amen? Are you ready? <laughs> Where should we go now? Praise the Lord. We'll just keep turning the pages. What do you think? Chapter 3 of Luke. It says, it was now the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius. The Roman emperor Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Herod Antipas was ruler over Galilee. His brother Caiaphas, or his brother Philip was ruler over Ituria. And Trinochius, Licinius, was ruler over Abilene. I'm just going to all of that means it was dark. You go back in history, it is not a good time to be on the planet. Let's jump to verse 3. Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Turned to who to be forgiven? Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. I like that. Clear the road for him. Like in that day when kings would come, if it was a jacked up road, kind of like we live in California, you know, some messed up roads, they'd go get those scrapers and, and they'd scrape those roads down. They'd get the roads prepared if a king was coming. They want to smooth that course out. There's a big hill. Let's knock that down. Kind of like the Dukes of Hazard, straightening the curves, flattening the hills. Someday the mountain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would get me all off. Lord, I apologize. <laughs> but we're preparing the way of the Lord. When, if we know there's obstacles, we know there's some rough patches in people's lives, we know there's some big hills that they're like, I just can't see over that. we got to go clear that thing. 
We've got to straighten the path so they can see clearly that he's coming. And if we've got big old mountains and valleys and crooked spots in us, we've got to clear them in us. Clear the road for him. It's verse 5. It says, the valleys will be filled and the mountains will be, well, hills will be made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all people will see the salvation from God. Amen. They go on. And the crowds question. They said, what should we do? I'm gonna, we're going to start reading from Luke chapter 3. Let's say about verse 10. No, we'll go to three. (laughs) But the crowds are about to ask a question, and this is the question that a lot of people should be ready to ask. What should we do? Oh, no, let's go to verse 7. My bad. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just jumping all over, just trying to follow. Uh, Not my notes as much, but verse 7 says, When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes. Now, who is he speaking to? The Pharisees, the religious people. You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Church, there's a coming wrath coming. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. John, don't play. I don't know if you're picking up on this. John is not a sugarcoater. John is a very real person, and he speaks truth. And it's uncompromised church. In a day and age that the, the council, cancel culture is trying to get you to be politically correct, and you can't say that. See, John said what God told him to say. John didn't compromise his speech. He didn't compromise what he said. Church, it's a day, and we're in that day now, to speak the truth. I want you to speak the truth in love, but speak the truth. Don't compromise. This world don't need to hear people wishy-washy. This world isn't looking for people who are on one side and the other, just bouncing back and forth, and one day, well, it's okay for this, and I'm not about... They're not looking for that. They're looking for some people who are real. And God's wanting to say, hey, I need you to be real so that this world who's lost and dying won't go to hell. He wants to raise up some Johns and some Elijahs. So he's getting real. He's, he's, he's saying, don't say to each other, we're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. And I would say in our day and age, don't say I'm safe because I go to church. Don't say I'm safe because I said a prayer when I was six. But I've never had more, any more relationship with him. Church, we need to wake people up. Do you know him? Do you know him? Are you in relationship with him? Because John is telling the religious leaders, you're a brood of snakes. And I'll tell you today, there's some religious leaders that fit that category today. I can say it because I'm one of them. Not a snake, a religious leader. <laughs> You're all looking at me, I'm like, maybe I should clarify. <laughs> Trust me. I'll tell you, a snake ain't going to tell you the truth like this. 
Verse 9, he says, even now, church, this is so scary to me. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. So the question is, how do you know what a tree is? By the fruit it produces. So you can say, I'm a Christian. But if the fruit of the Spirit isn't being produced out of that tree, Jesus is saying something different. When you squeeze fruit, it tells you what kind of fruit it is. Amen? You squeeze orange, and if apple juice comes out, something wrong. I went to school to learn that. Here comes the question. Here's the crowds. Now listen, three different groups of people. The crowds, and I wish I could go on on this one, but I don't. 